You're listening to the Love Your Neighbor Podcast. Well, welcome to the Lynx Podcast. It's the Love Your Neighbor Podcast and uh, have a friend and neighbor, Colin Steen. Colin, thanks for joining us today. Yeah, thanks for having me. I appreciate it. I'm glad that you're here and it's going to be fun getting to know your story. I I know a little bit of your story, but for you to share with community, uh, our community about kind of where you're from, how you got to Brandon, that's kind of where we're headed. But uh, you said you you don't drink coffee. (laughs) And I was- I I know. You're always so full of energy. And I mean, so what's the deal? Like- I don't know. I Okay. So I love the smell of coffee. You know, you grow up and- you go to your grandparents' house and the best thing you ever smell is there's coffee on the pot at all times and it smelled so good. But they let me try some at a young age and I just never really caught the taste. And as I got older, I never got into it and I just don't enjoy the taste. Huh. And um, yeah, so I'm just a literally a water drinker. And um, Oh my goodness. Yeah, I know. Is that is that bad? I, I was <laughs> telling you off bad. the air ahead of time, no joke. I was, t- I was listening to um, the radio yesterday and somebody, uh, the, the commentators were talking about People that don't drink coffee, there's something weird about them um, if they're over the age of like 22. Um, they also said that those are probably the same people that pour their milk in their bowl before they pour their cereal in their in their milk. But I'm not that. You don't so, do that. No. Okay. <laughs> Was this the, this wasn't the Nathan's hot dog eating contest that you're watching? <laughs> See, those people are weird. That's weird. I love hot dogs. <laughs> I could love a hot dog, but if I'd eat 60 some hot dogs, I don't think I'd ever eat one again. <laughs> I, I just think about like, how, what's he doing? Like we're recording now it's july 7th i'm like what you know how's he going how's how are things going today right joey like what's uh, what must that be like Uh, i always think the night of like what is yeah that evening you can't sleep good right you're you just wow but that's me yeah that's you know anyway so hopefully no one's listening to this or watching this while they're (laughs) trying to eat exactly (laughs) exactly so you so do you i mean colin so I, i i promised you kind of you know Tongue in cheek, I guess. I mean, so you don't drink coffee. I mean, Colin, seriously, do you have any bad habits? Are there any? Oh bad yeah, habits? yeah. Okay. My my biggest bad habit. I'm a nail biter. Oh. Wow. Um, but I'm on like a week stretch where I haven't bit my nails. Um, just because last last week I really got after them for whatever reason. Have one of those where you just have one of those days. And I, I saw for since a little kid I've been a, a nail biter, and and I just have never completely kicked that habit. So, but I go to stretch. I go in stretches where I'll take like a month, couple months off of biting my nails, but that's a really bad habit that I have. Oh, that's, that's strange. Yeah. That's, I mean, I, I think more people than you would realize probably have that. Cause it's, it is, I mean, it's probably something that I don't know. I've, I, I haven't had that, but like, I also, you know, I don't think about, I, yeah, <laughs> I, so being a sports fan that I, you know, uh, it's funny when they show you know, games and you're watching clips on the sideline and you see you'll all see some athletes and that, there they are on the sideline biting their sure. nails i was like i know where they're at they're a, they're a nail biter they're with me <laughs> it's not just the game the score <laughs> exactly you you were an athlete colin so yeah. you you were um, you've been around the block uh, tell us a little bit about growing up your how you got to come i i met you after your athletic days right i guess T- tell us tell everybody a little bit about your story how you got to where sure. To Brandon. Sure. So I grew up in Brookings. Um, so I'm a South Dakota kid. Um, love that. Love the community. And honestly, Brandon reminds me a lot of 
of of Brookings and the colors, you know, red, sure. red and black and. Um, but no, I just had a, yeah, I had a great up, upbringing in, in Brookings. All my family was there, uh, got involved in all the sports, you know, growing up in a, a somewhat smaller school, you could play a lot of the sports. So the, you know, football and baseball and a little bit of a ba- little bit of basketball and, uh, some track, but, um, yeah, just, uh, I love the community of Brookings. Um, but then, you know, when I got to that point of like, okay, where am I going to, where, where's life going to lead me after, after that? And in college, I just, everybody was going to SDSU growing up in Brookings. I love mm-hmm. SDSU. It's got a great place in my heart. Don't get me wrong. Cause I grew up in that town and that town bleeds the Jackrabbits. Unfortunately, John, I'm sorry, but <laughs> that's, a, that's another topic. I know <laughs> I, I've, I've been, I've been kind of brought into the Jackrabbit family. Yeah, so I, I've come around whole, a little bit. Yeah. 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 Um, but I just, I needed to get, I needed to get away. I, uh, all my, you know, a lot of my friends were going to SDSU, you know, classmates older than me, younger me, they, they all were planning on going to SDSU. So, um, I had some interest in, in, uh, um, my sister was, was at, uh, a year older than me and she had, she was on a volleyball scholarship at Northern State University in, in Aberdeen. And so I got to know the, that university a little bit, just going up and watching her through the recruiting process and then actually going up there and watching her play and seeing the campus and, uh, kind of st- sparked my interest a little bit. Um, and then I was, as I was going through the, the process, I didn't, you know, getting done with school, uh, high school, I didn't know what I wanted to do with my life, but I just, I knew I wanted to play football and, um, I got, I had an opportunity to, uh, to, to go play at Northern, Northern state. And so, yeah, I took, um, took the opportunity to, to go to Aberdeen and, and, uh, spent, I redshirted my first year in, in college at, at Aberdeen, but then played my last four years. So I was five years I spent um, uh, in Aberdeen going to Northern State University. So cool. Yeah. So very cool. And and so in those years, I, I mean, talk about those years playing college football. I know in, in in our community around here, I mean, sometimes, you know, college athletes, especially football players, you know, there's um, there's a little bit of a, you know, boy, that's a pretty cool thing to do. What was that experience like for you? What did that teach you about community relationships? Yeah, I mean, boy, nothing against my parents. Obviously, they raised me to the man I am. Uh, I am today. But gosh, you just learn so much being involved in in um, any act, uh, extracurricular activity, whether it be high school or college. But gosh, yeah, you, when you get to college, it's just a it's just another level. The you know you go from high school where, yeah, you have some accolades and, you know, you're usually one of the better, could be one of the better, better athletes in your, in your school. You all of a sudden go to college and everybody's good, you know? (laughs) And so, you know, just understanding that, Hey, if I really want to, if I want to see the field, if I want to play, um, I got to put the work in and there may be somebody that maybe have a little more talent than me, but if I can outwork them, I might get a shot. I might get a shot. And so one that taught, taught, taught me a lot about hard, hard work, um, but then also just responsibility, you know, it's, uh, it wasn't just, Hey, I needed to get to class. It was like, Hey, if you're not going to class, the coaches are going to know, and you're going to be sitting in there, sitting in their office. Yeah. Um, and, uh, you know, if you're not showing up on time, whether it be to class or whether it be to, uh, meetings for football or any, I mean, you're, you're in trouble. And so, you know, it, it just teaching you that, that discipline of getting yourself up and the motivation that, that comes with it. Uh, and then also just the brotherhood. Uh, you can probably attest to this, John. Like, I don't get me wrong. I remember, our, you, I remember a lot, a lot of the games that I played in. 
some of the specifics, but you know, really what I remember is just, is the road trips. It's, you know, um, or in the locker room, it's, it's hanging around friends, you know, being on the road, spending, spending a night with another, um, you know, a hotel room with, with a, with a teammate that snores, you know, and <laughs> it's just, uh, the old, the old toothpaste on the phone. <laughs> yes. <laughs> so, so for most of our audience, they don't know. They used to have things called phones. Phones. Yeah. Yeah. You'd pick them up. Yeah. And what you do is you put toothpaste on there. <laughs> yeah. As soon as they're your, your roommate, your friends would check in, then you'd, you'd, you'd put the toothpaste on the phone and then you'd call them. They'd stick right? the toothpaste in. Yeah. So, yeah. Uh, those are some of the best. Uh, in, we used to do this in the dorms at, at Aberdeen. And this was old before. Again, we didn't have cell phones. So it was, you, you, it, to kill time, we would, we would prank call. So what you could do back in the day is you'd call whatever somebody in the dorm, but then you could also do call, press call waiting and you try to line it up. So that way you're calling say your buddy. And then at the same time, at right after you call them, you can do call waiting and, and call another buddy. And you try to get them to answer at the exact same time while you're listening. And those were some of the best <laughs> times we spent hours in my dorm. Just, uh, uh, you know, people would be like, hello, hello. And then, you know, just at, why'd you call me? I didn't call you. You called me, you know, <laughs> meanwhile, you're listening in the whole thing. It's pretty fun. So <laughs> yeah, those are, I, I think that, you know, that, that external discipline, you know, I yeah. think obviously um, when you think about our country and the, the, the people that serve our country, there, there's an external discipline that's applied yep. in football. It's, it's much at a much different level. And, and of course I would even sometimes, you know, you know, you blush to think about a game, right? Yeah. It's, it's, we, we played a game, but that external discipline where someone else is demanding something of you and you have to live up to it, that kind of over time can become a part of a internal discipline that you say, wow, I, I need to do my best because people are counting on me. Yeah. In football, I, I think it's, you know, of course I'm biased, but yeah. I think it's the greatest team sport because every play, every person is depending on 10 other people to do their job. Yep. And then there's 10, there's 11 other people across from you and their job is to mess up your job. Yeah. And so it's, it's a, it's a beautiful, it's a beautiful thing. And, and, you know, just to you, if you are the best player on your, on your team, you're not always going to be the Super Bowl champion. You know, I, now having kids, getting them to understand, I know my oldest Palmer was talking, uh, as Tom Brady's kind of had his run over the num number of years, you know, last year when they lost they, and, um, I think it was a late, must've been a late game or something like that. But I told Palmer when he woke up the next morning that, nope, uh, you know, the Buccaneers lost Tom Brady, lost, but they're like, he goes, dad, but they have Tom Brady. How did they lose? Like, uh, and so just getting, you know, understanding that, Hey, just because he's the best player, doesn't mean he still has 10 other guys on his, on his team that they all need to come together for one goal and put a whole game plan together in order to, 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 to get yeah. a victory. And that's what I think is so cool when doing a team sport compared nothing against individual sports. I think those are amazing too, but something about the, like the game of football or a game of basketball or baseball, it's just, you can have the best player, but not always have the best outcomes. In your years of playing at high school and at Northern, yeah. who is the, who is the best player that you competed against and then the best player that you competed like with sure. teammate. Sure. Well, okay. I with, I can, uh, right when you started asking that question, I thought of a, a guy, but his name was Naki Angula. Um, so in, at Northern, when I was there, we, uh, they would, uh, bring in a lot of junior college, uh, players and this, 
uh, Naki. He was a Polynesian um, gentleman that uh, we brought in, and he was unbelievable. A linebacker that I, I saw play and just – I remember vividly I played defense and our um, uh, head coach at times when we'd have just walkthroughs would have to go over to him and say, Naki, you need, you, you need to take a step back during this walkthrough because he was just, you know, he was that guy that just didn't care. He wanted, he, every play was a, a, a play he could make, you know? And so, um, Naki, Naki. Yeah. He actually played for the storm for one year. Donnie okay. Hills and Ross w- would remember him. He, he, okay. he and Donnie kind of, um, you know, he backed up Donnie, Donnie and played some special okay. teams. But yeah, so I don't know. I, you must. I don't know if you were on the team at that point, but um, yeah, I, yeah, I was going to say it reminds me of Austin Flieger. Yeah, oh, it's exactly the same. You know, just back in the huddle and just focused on. Okay, here's the next play. I'm gonna. I'm. I'm getting yeah. after it. You know. So Naki was by far the best player I, uh, I played against. Um, uh, there was a. a I so I played like an outside outside linebacker and did a lot of like uh, blitzing and um and so there was a, a center for um Winona State and his name was Andy Carr and gosh he was just a bear he was uh I don't know why I thought of I thought of him uh, Winona was always our big rival in, in sure. college but um he was a heck of an offense lineman, um, center. Do you know anything yeah. about being playing? Oh, he center? sounds like a nice guy. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So they, I always figured they always take the, and, and and maybe some of our audience doesn't know this, but you would attest to this that whenever you're putting a, because you had some experience putting some football teams together. Yeah, you actually were a general manager for the Storm for f- how many years? Gosh, uh, I was with them for about ten years, but actual okay. general manager, call it eight eight years. Eight so years, yeah. yeah. So you put some football teams together, and you know this. I mean, anytime you're putting a football team together, you take all the all the people and you line them up, and you take the you take the smartest, the strongest, and the best looking players, and then you put those guys on the offensive line. Yep. <laughs> and then from there, everything else falls into place, right? That is that is not true. many people know this, um, but that's uh, that, that is, is true. That's that fact. is true, John. <laughs> so yeah, this I like this Andy guy. He sounds like a nice guy. Yeah, it's good guy. <laughs> But well, that's cool. What, yeah. So then, so Northern, and then you came, did you come to Sioux Falls right after that? Right. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. I, basically, I graduated in 2001, uh, the spring of 2001. And, um, you know, I knew I wanted to get to Sioux Falls. My family was, a lot of them were still in Brookings area, but it was close. And, and South Dakota kid, Sioux Falls felt good to me. So I, yeah, I moved virtually a few weeks after graduating from college, just moved to Moved to Sioux Falls and had no idea what I wanted to do. I was just going to move. I had a little bit of money saved up and uh, rented an apartment. And no joke, I started, uh, I would deliver papers for the Argus Leader. Um, gosh, I'd have to get up. Oh, boy, that was probably like four in the morning. You were, I was delivering papers from like four to call it eight o'clock in the morning. And then then the rest of the day, I would be just passing out my resumes and trying to find a find a job. And um, shortly thereafter, actually, my first job out of, out of uh, college. I actually worked for a TV station. Um, it was called PAX TV, and I um, kind of a new startup, new startup um, uh, te- television station. And so it was, uh, it was, it was definitely a fun experience. Actually, mm-hmm. it was. I remember it vividly because that's it was right when um, 9/11 happened, and so I was working for the TV company when oh, wow. when when 9/11 came about. So, uh, but then shortly after that, the the new owners of the storm took over, and I applied for for that job and. Um, got the storm job and did that for the next 
call it 10, 10, 10 11 10 years, years of my, yeah. yeah. So, yeah. Yeah, that's a, we could, we could spend, a, you and I could spend a lot of time talking about the storm. The storm There's years. lots of good stories. <laughs> lots of good but it truly was. I mean, I think, you know, you're, you know, obviously a lot of people contributed to the success of the storm and where they are today. Way too many to mention, but right. you, you, what was that like seeing that go from what it was to then what it became? I, I mean, talk about a little bit about what did you learn from that? What sure. did you observe from that that you now apply maybe even, you know, in life and family and right. in community? What, what were some things that you took away from that storm, those storm years that, that were helpful yeah. Yeah. for you? You know, a lot, you know, it was just, I guess the biggest and most is, is surrounding yourself with the good people you want to be around with. I mean, obviously, you know, Curtis Riggs, the longtime head coach of the storm. I mean, he, I guess initially when I was there, he was our offensive coordinator, but then shortly thereafter, uh, Mike Aldrich, who was the head coach, um, uh, pursued a new career. I think he went to Louisville at the time. Yeah. Um, and so, yeah, having to hire Curtis and just, watching, you know, him just thrive at the, at the mm -hmm. head coaching position and just surrounding himself with other like, like minds that make, help make him look good and finding right, the right players for the team. And then even from the front office standpoint, which I dealt most with the front office, um, again, just surrounding yourself with, with good like-minded people that are all on the same page, wanting to, you know, wanting to go the same similar direction. Um, so really just putting a full team together, both from a front office standpoint and physically a team on the field. Um, yeah, that's helped me tremendously over the, over my career and not just career, but even in my home life. So, yeah. Well, let's talk a little bit about that. I mean, you know, you know, you've been a part, you can come from a very solid family. You're part of a great family. Um, tell us a little about your family and, uh, coming to Brandon. Yeah. So, um, yeah, I'm married. My wife, uh, Christy, and I now uh, coming up here end of July. We're, we'll be married 10, 10 years. So I feel really blessed. Um, so she was, uh, again, South Dakota girl for the most part. She grew up in Pipestone but went to college at University of Sioux Falls. Um, and so, yeah, we got we got married uh, almost 10 years ago, and uh, now we have three uh, amazing children. Uh, my oldest, Palmer, is eight, going into second grade at Brandon at Robert Bennis. And then, um, my middle guy, Harvey is, um, a six year old and he'll be a first grader. And then my daughter, uh, Eve is a uh, four year old, four years old and, um, and doing the preschool thing. And my wife is, I, I tell people, I know she's, so my wife stays at home with our kids and just always felt called and led to, um, be a stay at home mom during these early years. So she could never, uh, regret that. And I feel really blessed that, um, God blessed us with the opportunity for that. Um, that, that she could stay home. Cause I just, you know, with my now appraisal business that I have, um, I work from home for the most part other than days I'm out looking at homes. Um, so I see what she has to do on a daily basis and see what stay at home moms do. Um, hear it when I'm trying yeah. to, when I'm, yeah. when I'm trying to work and, you know, I need to shut the door and I need to get stuff done. But I also, you know, I'm also a dad and that's my first, first job as a family man is being a dad. And so seeing that, I just, I can't say enough about what she does for our household and what stay-at-home moms do. They don't get enough praise because they, man, I know they don't get a paycheck, but she works right. way harder than, than I do. And I just feel really blessed that, um, one, that she wanted to stay home because I really did want that for our kids too. My mom yeah. stayed home with with uh, with me. She basically um, did a, um, a daycare so that way she could stay at home with us, with us kids. And so just having your mom around was a big deal for me. And I just, I know 
um, what an impact that that's going to have on our, on our, on our kids. So, yeah. Yeah, it, it truly is. I, I grew, I've always, I said coming out of college, like when my wife and I met, my goal was to be a stay at home dad. Yeah. I want to stay at home and, and I can, you know, honestly, that's the only job that I ever had to quit. Mm. It was, it was hard. Yeah. I did for three months and I mean, for the sake of my own children, I was like, we need to get somebody else. <laughs> <laughs> Help out I'm, here. <laughs> I, I'm not this, I'm not very tough. Like, you know, I thought it'd be easy. Right. Because my mindset is stay at home parent, ah, uh, you know, whatever. Yep. But it's not. I mean, it is, it truly is a <clears throat> physically, emotionally yeah. difficult job. I mean, because you're constantly parenting. And and I think I think part of our culture is people, people don't know what it means to work hard. Yeah. And being a stay-at-home mom, stay-at-home dad. Being a parent, it's hard work. It's a lot of hard work. It's a lot of hard work. It's it's the most rewarding work, but it is very very hard. And and with her, you know, she's an extrovert too. So like having that transition of going from like freedom and just you know being her awesome bubbly self to all of a sudden you know being a mom where you know you're you're it's restricted. You can't just up and go. You know, you got an infant or you got a child. You, uh, I mean, you, there's, that's, that's your responsibility. And so, you know, her navigating through that. And I just, again, I'm very, very thankful that I did, that I do have a job now that I, I, I've always worked from home. And that way, you know, we had at least that buffer of her and I were able to, to still like, Hey, if they're taking a nap, like her and I can sit down and we're, we have lunch together. And, and like, and even if she does need something, you know, she can always, she always comes in my office and like a little break. So at least she had that human, yeah. human interaction. That I think, I think helped help that. But now our kids are at such a fun age where it's just, you know, she's kind of seeing that, that other side where the next step of her life, where she's having a little more free time, um, to figure out what's, what's, what's next on her agenda. So it's fun agenda. So it's fun to watch, um, uh, it's going to be really fun to watch to see where, where, where God will lead her next. So, yeah. Well, that's great to hear. Well, Hey, I wanted to wrap up, talk a little bit about the community of Brandon. Yeah. Now you're into a, a new role now. Um, right. Talk to us a little bit about uh, being uh, in city government council, council member. Um, you're on the city council uh, recently. Mm-hmm. Uh, talk, talk to us a little bit about what that's been like, what you're learning uh, as you're getting involved with city government. Um, I know it's a very, um, important job, but in many ways it can be not, not terribly sexy, is it? Mm, no, it's, no, it's not, <laughs> it's not sexy at all. Um, but it's been a lot of fun, John. I, you know, what's been the major eye opener for me is to see the behind the scenes. You don't, until for me, until I got behind to see actually what it takes to, to run a city and things that we all take for granted living in a city that the city provides for you and how much it costs to run, run mm-hmm. everything. It's just, man, it's just been eye opening. And I really do feel humbled that I get this opportunity and, and, uh, I'm really, you know, excited. I'm a, you know, I feel like I'm, you know, I'm 43 years old, but I feel like I've got a young spirit and I've got young mm-hmm. kids and I just love the community. And we've been here now for, uh, seven years. Um, and we made a concerted effort. We were living in Sioux Falls. We started having kids and we we're like, I just, Again, going back to Brookings, you know, it was, for me as a kid, it was easy for me to, I just hopped on my bike and, and, and rolled my bike to the, to the pool right. when we were living in Sioux Falls. Again, nothing against Sioux Falls. I'm not saying it, it's just, it's a big city, you know, like yep. where in Brandon, 
our kids are doing that now. Just last night, they ro- they rode their bikes to the pool. You know, I just love that that they can that they can do that, and I just really do feel honored that I get an opportunity to serve this community. And um, I didn't know I was going to get involved. I just knew the Lord was was tugging on my heartstring to to get involved um, with everything that's been going on since call it twenty twenty and and just the turmoil that's been going on in this country. Um, I just knew. Um, I had a passion for that and the God, God laid, laid something on my heart and I just didn't know it was going to lead to this, to the city council opportunity. Um, it's a one year term for me right now. Um, but all indications I, I, I would want to run again, uh, yeah. next year. Um, um, that's great. so yeah, I'm excited for, for this opportunity. Well, thank you from a, a citizen and I, I don't have the privilege of living in your ward. ward yeah. Yeah. I, I get, I get Tim and Barb are my reps, but hey, hey. You know, I I, th- I thank you for for stepping up because I, I think a lot of people are are going to give their opinion and give their ideas, but to really say, yeah, I'm I'm here to serve. It, it's a tremendously humbling experience to get involved and then realize, oh wow, there there's a lot of work that needs to be done. And so I thank you, and I know mm-hmm. a lot of a lot of the uh, a lot of folks in Brandon would like to thank you as well. So on behalf of them, thank you, and uh, I'd also like to say thank you to our sponsor, Pizza Ranch. I mean. This podcast isn't possible without sponsors, and uh, we're we're really our goal is to build community. This podcast, Brandon Wellness's goal is to build community, and one of the things that we've been talking about is how do how do we really do that? One of the ways is through conversations like this. And in order to do this, it takes it takes funds, it takes finances, and in Brandon, one of the places that I've found to be a great community builder is Pizza Ranch. I, I mean, whether it's a business meeting, uh, a family birthday party. Uh, a family reunion, uh, or just a place where you need to go and get the kids, let the kids yeah. run for a little bit. It's such a cool place. I mean, you get you get pizza. I mean, you get salad bar. I mean, anything you want. Extremely reasonable price if you Amen. got kids. And then you can drop, a, you know, they can play some arcade games. Yeah, and- that's especially in the wintertime in South Dakota. And you're looking, the kids, we need to get the right. kids out of the house. Man, Pizza Ranch and the county fair next door. I don't know how many times we were like, we we just need to get out of the house. Let's go right. over there. Let's run some energy off. So. Yeah. So thank you to Pizza Ranch uh, County Fair. Thank you for what you do to ongoing for years now. I've been building community in Brandon. So thank you. And uh, if you uh, if you have any questions, of course, you can you can contact us. Uh, if you have any guests that you think would be great, uh, let us know. Uh, but let's uh, thank you. Make make sure a chance to reach out to, to Colin and uh, our city government and say thanks for all you do. Appreciate you. Thanks, Colin, for being yeah, here. Thank you. Again, I just want to say it's not always all about me, but I'm telling you, um, we live in a great community. I'm very uh, honored to be able to serve. So. Absolutely. Thanks, Colin. Thank you for joining us on the Love Your Neighbor podcast. The purpose of the Love Your Neighbor podcast is to build community one conversation at a time. You can help us build that community by sharing the podcast on your social media channels and rating our podcast on whatever platform you're listening from. Another way is to let us know of any neighbors who have a story. Go Leaks! Go Leaks!